Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we're, we're in a, a series called The Greater Whole. What we're talking about is, is about what it means to be a church and to be a part of a church. Because when you talk about a church, a church is not the building. It's not the incorporated organization with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. The church is people. People. You. You're the church. And whether this building was here or not, hopefully there would still be a church. Because it's a group of people who gather together in the name of Jesus Christ to worship him and serve him and minister to each other. And that's why we're here. That's why we exist. Now the problem is we get confused. We get, to be honest with you, deceived concerning what church is and what it means to be a part of the church. And so that's why we're doing this series. Because we want to see that you understand one important thing. And here's the important thing that I want you to understand. If you want to write this down, you can write this down. You are an important part of the church. Do you hear what I said? You are an important part of the church. Period. Everybody. Doesn't matter what your education level is. Doesn't matter what your income level is whether you're working or not working, whether you're retired or not retired, whether you're disabled or not disabled. It doesn't matter about any of that. It doesn't matter what your past is, what kind of problems you've had, what kind of problems you're going through now, what kind of struggles you've had or what kind of difficulties, what kind of... We don't... It doesn't matter. You are an important part of the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? You need to understand that. You need to grasp it. You are an important part of the church. That's what the whole purpose of this series is. To see that you understand that you are a part of the greater whole. And who we are as a church is based not upon who the preacher is, how the music is, what the building looks like. Who we are as a church is based upon who you are. Who you are as a people. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. Before we get into it today, we're going to talk about grace. We're going to talk about gifted by grace. We're going to talk about an aspect that you need to understand as far as your role here. But before we get to that, we really need to basically grasp the problem that we have with our thinking because of the church culture. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to point out two things about church culture. The first thing I want you to see about church culture, and this is true, this has probably been true in our church, it's true in a lot of churches, and it's, it's really a difficult thing, and the problem is, is it affects us the way we think. Here's the thing. As with most social circles, there's a pecking order in church. You know what a pecking order is? You know what I'm saying? If you drive down out of Kerbinsville here, and you, like you're heading towards Grampian, you'll see the farm market, and you see all those chickens. And it's very obvious that there are some chickens that are just flat out mean. Why? Because I've watched some walk by and they no longer have any tail feathers. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I'm saying? And, and so obviously something got after them. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? And, and then you find out it was other chickens. 
And what were they doing? They were establishing what? A pecking order. Now, here's the thing. The sad thing is, is that in church, we have a culture today in a lot of churches in, in North America where we have, whether we like it or not, we have a pecking order in church, don't we? There, there are, quote, people who are higher in the food chain, and then there's everybody else. And, you, if, and if you're one of everybody else, it would seem like the only purpose in you coming is, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. And a lot of times it seems like you can't rise up. And for some, you, you thought, well, that's virtually impossible because I messed up. Or I've got this problem or this happened in my life and now I'm no longer able to be a part of it. Do you understand? We, we have this concept of a pecking order in church and we, we reduce it down to, listen to me, officers and positions. We reduce it down to officers and positions. What do you mean by that, officers? Well, because we're an organization, we have officers. But they tend to be biblical offices, so we reduce it down to, well, who's the pastor? Who's the elders? In some churches, it might be, who's the deacons? And, and, and we reduce it down to that. So can I be a part of that? Or am I a Sunday school teacher? Or can I do this? Or am I an usher? And so, and then when you, when all the positions are filled, the pecking order is filled, everybody else says, well, what am I supposed to do? How do I fit in this? See, as with most social circles, there's, there's a pecking order. Have you noticed that when I say social circles, that's true of anything, whether it's the, any kind of social club around town? There, there is a pecking order, right? That's just how we function. The sad thing is, is that's not the way it's supposed to be in church. But that's part of the church culture. Here's the second thing. Like it or not, value is assessed based upon one's contribution to the church. Like it or not, value is assessed based upon one's contribution to the church. Now, when I say contribution, I'm not just talking about money. But value can be assessed in a church not just based upon how much you're giving, but can be based upon how much you're contributing as far as time, how much you're contributing as far as your abilities, how much you're contributing as far as what you're giving to the church, not just in a monetary sense, but in any kind of a sense. And if you have some folks who who give more of their time, of their treasure, of their talent, it seems like they have more value in the church than somebody who maybe doesn't have the time anymore or maybe doesn't have the financial resources or any kind of resources to give or doesn't have any talents. You know what I'm saying? And some of you are like, yeah, I can relate. I can relate. Maybe you feel insignificant in the church because you can't contribute in some way. You have no resources to do that. Or you don't feel like it would be accepted because you view yourself based upon a past problem. Mistake. Sin. Isn't that the church culture? Let's stop for a moment. These two things that I'm talking about here, that there's this perceived pecking order and value is assessed based on one's contribution. Isn't that true? Isn't that how we, isn't that the church culture? Does that not affect us as far as our what? Involvement in the church. In fact, sometimes it seems like, and I mentioned this last week, it seems like we, 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 we have this pecking order, we have this value that's assessed to certain people. The rest of you 
This is, this is the culture. The rest of you, we just want you to attend, fill the seat, and contribute what you can. And for some, surely there's got to be a whole lot more than that. Do you know what I'm saying? Let, let's stop for a moment. Would you agree with me that Jesus probably had something else more in mind than the way that we do church today? Would you agree with that? That Jesus had something else more in mind than the way that we do church today? I can almost guarantee you he does. But it seems like we're not really worried about that. We continue in the culture that we have. What, what I'm hoping to do is, is to be honest with you through this series, is I'm hoping that we break the culture here at our church. I'm hoping that we would, would recognize that's not the way we should be. Did you understand what I'm saying? You're important. Now, whether you believe that or not, hopefully by the end of this message, you'll be able to grasp that. So let's look at Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 3 through 8 today. And we're going to see how you and I are gifted by grace. That you and I have been gifted by grace. And we're going to talk about and explain to you what that means today. Look with me. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having the gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this, these five verses. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a proper perspective. We're going to see that in verse 3. And then we're going to talk about a diverse unity. Diverse unity. Let's talk about a proper perspective, first of all. First thing I want you to look with me at verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, we need to be realistic about our assessment of ourselves. We need to be realistic about our assessment of ourselves. See, here's the thing. You and I struggle from a common problem. All of us have the same disease. All of us have this same problem. Here's the same problem. We all struggle with pride. Pride. And every single one of you here, including myself, has a tendency to think too highly of themselves. Well, no, George, I, I try not to... I do. No, there's somebody you think you're better than. Trust me, there's somebody you think you're better than. How do you know that? Because you're human. 
And we sometimes think too highly of ourselves. And so here he is. He's coming along and he's saying to you, look, if you're going to understand your place in the church, you need to be realistic about who you are. You need to be realistic about the fact of your assessment of yourselves, that you are, listen to me, no different than anybody else here. There was nothing special about you when Jesus saved you. You were special to him, but there was nothing beyond that. He could have saved somebody else. It's not your education level. It's not, it's not any of this. It's not how long you've been saved, what positions you have. See, if we're going to break the culture, if we're going to break the concept of a pecking order, you need to recognize that all of us, listen, all of us are the same. Now, that's hard to grasp because we live in a culture, we live in a society where there is a pecking order. There is a pecking order at work. There is a pecking order in the community. There's even a pecking order in your family, is it not? Pecking orders are part of life, aren't they? But when it comes to church, you need to, Paul is saying, listen to me, we need to have, be realistic about our assessment of ourselves. Here's what I want you to see. Second thing here. My value is based on the measure of faith that God gave me. All right, don't you listen to me. This is a powerful truth that you need to grasp a hold of. Your value in the church is not based upon the stuff you think it's based on. Your value in the church is not based upon even your failures. And we have them, don't we? We have regrets. Your value in God's eyes is not based upon any of that. Your value, listen to me, according to this passage, according to verse 3, is based upon the measure of faith that God gave you. Now let me just stop for a moment. Think about that for a moment. Did you do anything to determine how big that measure of faith was? No, you didn't do anything. It was a gift of grace from God. Your value of who you are in this church, listen to me, listen to me, write this down. Your value in this church is purely based upon the value God gave to you. Not what someone else determines. You know what I'm saying? Think about it for a moment. Think about it. I want you to think about this. This happens in church. This happens in any kind of social circle. Some of you, if you have to kind of relate, think back to being in high school. Remember the, the peer thing in high school and the cliques and all of that and, and being accepted or not accepted and everything. And that was like traumatic back then. And you're like, man, I'm glad that's over. But then you found out that life's like that, right? And so we have, if you look at the way we have life in general, that's value is assessed on so many different things. Education, job, money, what kind of vehicle you live in, what part of the town you live in, or whether or not you live in town or not. Whether you're divorced or not, how your kids are. You even, even base yourself based upon how your kids are doing. Isn't that true? And we carry that into the church. We carry that into the church. And we think, listen to me, we think that our usefulness and our being a part of the church 
can only be in accordance to what all that other stuff is. Now you understand why he says not to think too highly of yourselves? He's talking about humility. Because the value you have, the value you have in a church is the value that God gave you. Is that not awesome? Is that not awesome? That the lowly could come in and say, I am somebody because of Jesus. Is that not awesome? That's what you and I need to understand. That's the perspective we need to have. We need to think soberly as God dealt to each one a measure of faith. That's what he's saying here. So let's talk about it for a moment. So we've got this proper perspective. Let's talk about the diverse unity here. Do you understand? We're unified as a church, but can I be honest with you? We're definitely not the same. Because it would be one boring place if we were all the same, would it not? It would be pretty boring. But somehow we've got this concept that we all need to be the same. And, and, and so that's, can I be honest with you, that's all just part of the church culture, but we want to blow the church culture up, don't we? So listen, here's what diverse unity is. Verse 4, he says this, For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. Here's what I want you to see. Like a body, the church is made up of members with different functions. When you look at your body, you're not all a foot. You're not all an armpit, are you? Thank goodness, right? You're not all a big eyeball. You're, 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 you are made up of different parts. And each part has its own function. Is that not true? We're actually going, as we get further into the study, when we get into 1 Corinthians, we're going to see that even some of the hidden parts are more important than the outward parts. And you know that from science. You know that from everyday life. Like, for instance, one of the hidden parts we have is a heart. Now, who can live here without a heart? Nobody. Or your liver. Or your stomach. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 all of our parts are important. Now listen. So like a body, the churches are made up of members with different functions. Alright, so here's what I want you to say. I want you to think about this. You are important because you have something to offer. That's the second thing I want you to write down. You are important because you have something to offer. If you are part of the body called the church, you are important because you have something to offer. Every single one of you. Here's the second thing I want you to see on the board here. The church is unified through its diversity. The church is unified through its diversity. Look at what it says, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now here's what I want you to see. I want you to hear me. You're probably not going to hear this anywhere else, but I want you to hear it here. Our unity is not based upon whether or not we think alike, act alike, or even look alike. Our unity is based upon, are you ready for this, how different we are. 
That's reality. Our unity is based upon our differences. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're needed. You're needed. The church is unified through its diversity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't ever, ever think that we all got to be the same way. The church is unified through its diversity. Here's Here's the third thing I want you to see here. Each member is gifted according to the grace given to them. Each member is gifted according to the grace given to them. Now you say, wait a minute now, George, hold on a second. What are you talking about? Well, let me help you. You, when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit entered into your life. You experienced grace in your life. He gave you a measure of faith. That grace gave you the ability, that grace gave you a gift to do something within the church. And you're now able to use that ability to benefit the whole church. What are you talking about, George? Well, if you go over, don't do it, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, he's talking about giving, he's dealing with the issue of contributing. He says this, but you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge, in all diligence and in your love for us, seeing that you see that you abound in this grace also. He's talking about giving. He's talking about giving being a grace. Think now, if you look right there in your own Bible, look with me at verse 3. Right there in the very same passage we're looking at, look at the first few words that he's saying here. For I say, through the grace given to me. What's he, what's he saying there? I am speaking to you through the grace given to me. Now listen to me. Here's what I'm saying. Let me, you're like, man, you are confusing me, George. I don't want to confuse you. So let me bring it down to where everybody else can think through this. Here's what the Bible says. This is why you are important to the church. You are important to the church because you have something to offer the church. You want to write that down? That's the third thing I want you to write down. That's not in your notes. You are important to the church because you have something to offer the church. Now listen to me. That something was given by God for you to contribute to the church. And it's called a gift. It's called an ability whatever you want to call it. For some, it's the ability to what? Speak. For some, it's the ability to encourage. For some, it's the ability to show hospitality. Maybe you are the best pie baker in the world, and God gave you that ability to help the church because maybe somebody needs a pie. Doesn't that brighten your day when you get a pie? See, here's the thing. We think in terms of, in the church culture, the pecking order. Who's a leader? Who's a Sunday school teacher? Who has an office? Who has some sort of position? And the rest of us have, okay, what are we supposed to do? Oh, I guess we're just supposed to sit around and just give. No, you're supposed to, if you think about church in a proper sense, it is a body of believers. Each one has a gift. They have something to offer. 
And that ability was given to you by God for you to use. You're important. You are important. Just stop for a moment. Do you see why I say we've got to change our thinking about church? It's not a service to attend. So oftentimes we think of it just as a service to attend. My friends, that's what the culture, church culture wants you to think. We want to blow the church culture up. We want you to see that it's a group of people who what? Who are there for each other. Here's the final thing. Final thing I want you to see. You are to use your gift according to the faith that God has given you. You are to use your gift according to the faith that was given to you. See, when you talk about using your gift, you're not just talking about, oh, well, my gift's playing guitar, so I'll just play guitar. No, no, you can learn that. But it's a completely different thing to lead people in worship with your guitar. Well, I've learned to be the best cook. Well, yeah, you can be the best cook, but it's a completely different thing to cook for helping someone, showing love to someone. Did you understand what I'm saying? The other is just an ability. This we're talking about is a gift that you're using according to the measure of faith that was given to you. You have been given faith. Exercise it. This gift, you have been given it. You say, well, I'm not even sure what my gift is. Well, then here's what I need you to do. You need to start praying and saying, God, what's my gift? Now, here's I'll give you a hint. Here's how you can tell. Here's what you can find out about your gift, how you can find out your gift. It's real simple. It's the thing God tells you to do. That's where he's gifted you. What are you, what are you talking about, George? Okay, look, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Let's say we've got a situation, somebody's going through a problem or whatever. All right, and I'm there, and i got two other guys with me. When we look at that situation, what we want to do to help out in that situation is going to be amplified by what our gifts are. So somebody else may look at that situation and say, I know what they need to do. And you want to help them in that area because that's your area of giftedness. Whereas the other person's thinking, no, that's not what they need. They need this. Well, that's your area of giftedness. You want to know what your gift is? Start listening to what God's saying to you about what he's telling you to do in the church. Listen to me, folks. Listen to what God's telling you. If he lays it on your heart to send somebody a note, then do it. Maybe that's your giftedness, to be an encouragement. Do you understand what I'm saying? But do it with the faith. With the faith. If you begin to exercise the gift that God gave to you because you realize that you are important to Kerwinsville Christian Church, you will see this place change because you change. 
That's what we need to do. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.